Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege to be able to bring you the Word. Praise God. So, so We're so grateful that you're connecting with us, listening, watching, however it is you're connecting. We're just grateful. Once again, uh, midweek service. Uh, we're going to dive right back into Ephesians 6. We've been talking about the armor of God. Praise the Lord. And we'll be probably doing that for a few weeks here. So Ephesians 6. And I'm going to, again... Read about 10 verses here, uh, start with verse 10, and the word, uh, Ephesians 6, 10, says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, he repeats himself, that you may be able to withstand or resist in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now hang on to that because that's pretty key with this. You notice he didn't change, a, you know, it isn't a new sentence or nothing. He's just, it's all connected here. Praying always, that's verse 18 again, praying always, with all prayer and supplication, one translation said with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, or vigilant, or awake, praise God, being watchful to this end with all perseverance or persistence, hallelujah, and supplication for all the saints. You notice here it's not just praying uh, for ourselves, but also praying for others. And for me, Paul says, so not only for others, but also pray for me, that Utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And I believe actually at the time of the writing he was in chains. He was, uh, he was uh, in a prison. Uh, but anyway, praise God. So uh, Paul's letting it be known. He's sitting there talking to them about something that's important. The book of Ephesians, a powerful book, uh, giving us all kinds of... Uh, benefits and uh, spiritual uh, uh, blessings, you know, that you get from the Word of God and from, from the, the price that's been paid, you know, what Jesus did for us. And then he kind of wraps things up here with, uh, you know, with, uh, when he says, finally, my brother, and he's saying, listen, this is, this is a real key thing I want to get to you, get to here before I let you go here. And that's kind of what he's talking about. He says, I, wanna, uh, I want you to understand that we are, we're in a battle, we're in a fight. And when we go to, when we go to prayer, Understand this: that you're going to need some, you're going to need some equipment, so to speak. You're going to need some, uh, some weaponry. You're going to need some armament. Praise God, uh, in order to do this and do this right. And you got to be aware of who your enemy is. You got to be aware of, of of what he's trying to do to you and trying to do to others. And so, be aware that when you come into prayer, Amen. Don't look at it lightly. Don't look at this as some minute thing. Amen. Understand the importance of what you're doing when you're coming uh, to God in prayer. Amen. Taking a stand, not only uh, you know on behalf of others, but in the in a sense of a resistance towards your enemy. You have to understand that's a big key 
to your prayer life. Amen. So he talks about this armament, praise God. Well, let's, let's go up here, verse 10. Let's go ahead and let it all kind of build again. Uh, we won't, of course, get into everything as deep as we have in the past here, but we'll just kind of briefly touch on a few things. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be enabled, infused, empowered in the Lord. Now, that word in the Lord or in the, sort of like in the Lord and in the power of his uh, might, it's talking about a submission, a yielding, a, uh, a surrendering to him. Amen. It's talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, hooking up. Amen. Staying connected here. So, first off, he says, uh, in uh, in the Lord, in other words, in his lordship. In other words, let God be the one that leads you. Let God be the one you're submitted to. Amen. If this thing's going to work, you're going to have to be uh, yielded and submitted to him. In fact, James 4, 7, a verse we've been using every week. Amen. He says, submit to God, right? Resist the devil and he flees. So it first starts with a submission unto God. And I believe that's all Paul's doing here is saying the same thing. He's just saying, make sure you're submitted to God first. Amen. Let God be your source. And then it says, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, his might, that literally means the ability to do anything. So be strong or submitted, amen, to, uh, to his lordship and be strong and submitted or yielded to his ability, to his strength, his power, amen, his ability to accomplish things, amen. So that's it's just it's huge, all right? So not only where he's leading you, guiding you, and directing you, but he's also the one empowering you to get done what has to get done. And it always starts there. And I, I know I stress that every week, and I probably will every week we, we open to this, uh, because to me that is the key, uh, is uh, making sure that you're connected with your source. Amen. Uh, otherwise, uh, you do everything in your own power, everything in your own strength. And that's going to be a key thing you're going to hear today. But uh, with, without, <clears throat> without uh, you know, leaning on him, yielding to him, what happens is you start doing everything in your power. And we know that it's not by our might, not by our power, but by His Spirit, praise God. Amen. In fact, uh, Acts 17, in verse 28, he makes it clear, in Him we live and move and we have our being. It's in Him that we have vibrancy in life. It's in Him that we're, we're catapulted forward, we're moving forward, we're motivated to, to, uh, to move forward. It's in Him that we uh, have life, you know, it's, uh, or have our being, I mean. It's, it's in Him that we are who we are, praise God. So just understand that this is so key, and I believe Paul was so, um, uh, so precise that when he mentions all this, he first starts and says, listen, this is how it starts, okay? First, connect with God and stay connected. Amen. If you want this thing to work, you're going to have to draw from your source. And I know a lot more said on that than I wanted to, but there you are. Uh, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God, not just a piece of it, not just one, not just, you know, uh, maybe partially putting it on. Put on the whole, amen, every bit of it, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, all right, to, uh, to uh, literally means a staunch stance against, to stand against the wiles of the devil, the scheming, the plotting, the manipulating. In fact, we brought out, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, too, about that, uh, to not be ignorant of his devices and, and understand, okay, I cannot stress this enough, okay, the enemy's game is head trips, okay. When it talks about not being ignorant of his devices, it's talking about the thoughts. It's talking about a mental attack, okay. Here come those thoughts. Here come, he's trying to somehow, uh, you know, manipulate, and uh, deceive through thoughts, amen, he's just trying to uh, somehow knock you off your faith through your, your thinking, amen, he's coming in there to, to somehow or another create some kind of mental attack 
stress, anxiety, uh, worry, fear, all those things through thoughts. And that's what he's trying to do. And it's no different. What we're talking about here is no different. That's what he's trying to do here. So he says, standing against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And that's one of the main, if you really stop and think about it, that's one of the main mental attacks that the enemy uses. He tries to get you to think everybody else is your problem or tries to get you to think you're your own problem. I mean, he's good at that, okay? He's just good at getting, getting you to uh, look elsewhere when all along he's your, he's your problem. Uh, your fight's not with your neighbor. Your fight's not with your family. Your fight's not with your employer. Your fight's not with your pastor. Your fight's not with yourself. I mean, we can just go on and on and on. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that there ain't times when somebody may yield to something they shouldn't yield to, and then they create a problem, they create an issue. Uh, you know, there might be some conflict that comes because of stuff like that. But understand, the quicker you get it settled that man is not your problem, that flesh and blood, that, that your neighbor or yourself are not your problem. All right, understand there's an enemy behind this. All right, and then he, he explains it. He says, uh, but we do wrestle against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, we, you know, I think in the first week, we kind of dissected that and kind of defined it and uh, explained what it is. And really, it's just different levels of uh, demonic influence is all it is, okay? And we kind of we brought that out and explained that. And the thing I'm going to say from here on out is I think I did last week and I say it this week, uh, and that is this, okay? Uh, it doesn't matter what level that demonic influence is coming from. It's all subject to the name of Jesus, and you need to understand that. But, but know, okay, that the enemy is your problem, all right? Not man, not you, not flesh and blood. But, and not even God, I guess I should throw that in there too, your problem is always going to be these principalities, powers, in other words, the demonic influences that come. No matter what level it is, they're all subject to the name of Jesus. You have authority over it. Praise God. And now verse uh, 13 says, For therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand or resist in the evil day. And that just means a day of pressure. So no matter what's coming at you in that day or any day, understand that, Praise God, all you have to do is resist, okay? Stand your ground, praise God. Keep the armor on. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And, of course, last week we talked about having gird your waist with truth. We talked about the belt of truth. We talked about in that that it's not really talking about knowing truth, okay? It's not really talking about having all the right facts. It's not even really talking about having the word, okay? Although the word is truth, obviously, but it's talking more about, about being real, nothing hidden, nothing, no hidden agendas, no, no hypocrisy, no facade. Okay, this is what that word's referring to. It's talking about being real, okay, and that's exactly what we talked about last week. In fact, um, we, we really kind of hung out a little bit with this thing, sincerity, okay, because it's talking about being sincere, being real. Okay, being real with God, being real with yourself, okay? Uh, not in a condemning way, as we're going to talk about here in a minute, but in a sense of just being real where you're at. Because if you're not, the enemy has an inroad. In fact, um, and I don't think I said this last week, but I'm going to say it this week. Um, to me, the belt of truth is like, like a line of vulnerability, okay? Um, that's the best way I can say it, a line of vulnerability. In other words, if the belt of truth is on, and you're, you're walking in sincerity, you're walking real, being real, 
about who you are and where you're at and where you're at with God and all that kind of stuff. You're being real. Now, that makes you vulnerable to God, which is a good thing. But if you don't put the belt on, you're vulnerable to the enemy, which is a bad thing, all right? And so I just kind of, you know, when I kind of look at that and I say the importance of putting on that belt, that's kind of what I see. I'd rather be vulnerable to God than vulnerable to the enemy. I'd rather be in a place where God now can work with me and, uh, you know, show me things and teach me things and instruct me and maybe give me insight and show me how to take my steps. If the, the word says that our steps should be ordered to him, then I, I want to make sure he's able to give me an order so I can take that step, you know. Anyway, I know uh, that was something I didn't necessarily hammer on last week, but I just kind of wanted to uh, talk that a little bit more uh, about the importance of, uh, of the belt of truth. Amen. Now, today we're going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness, okay? So again, we're going to define some things, um, take a little time with it. Um, probably not as, as long a time as I would if I was just always going to talk about righteousness. We've done a mini a series on that. Uh, and literally, we'll take weeks on talking that. Today, I'm just going to kind of bring it out in the light of what he's talking about here uh, in, in the armor. Okay, so uh, verse 14 again, and it just talks about having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, so let's define that. You notice it's a breastplate. Uh, I think last week I might have you know, said that, that you notice all the armaments in the front. There ain't really no armor on the backside, so per se, because we're, we're always moving forward. We're always taking ground. We're never tucking tail and running, uh, you know, never, uh, you know, uh, you know, hightailing it the other way. We're always to face our enemy, all right? So anyway, the righteous, the breastplate, okay, covering vitals, all right? Uh, the breastplate of righteousness. The word righteousness, let's look at this. Hallelujah. It means rightness. It means rendered right. Uh, having rights or equity or, or, or right standing or being justified. In fact, uh, uh, words, key words in the New Covenant, words like justified, justification, uh, righteous, righteousness, these are all really the same words. It just depends on how it's used uh, in a sentence is how, you know, why they use the word justified or righteous. But it's really the same word, okay? But it's referring to literally um, having right standing with God being in a place of rightness or right standing with God. Okay, regardless of what's going on, you're in a place of right standing. Uh, one gentleman one time said that it's the ability to stand before God without guilt, condemnation, and any kind of shame as though sin had never been. And really, that's kind of what it, it really is. That's a, a cool way of saying it. It's the ability to stand before God without all the guilt and shame and condemnation. Even though you maybe have been guilty of a mistake, or you had, uh, you know, a, an issue, a problem, or some kind of thing, understand, praise God, that in Christ, amen, we've been made the righteousness of God. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself there. But understand, in the light of what he's talking about here, okay, he's talking about you're in a fight, you got armament, you're in a place of prayer, going before God, and at the same time pushing back darkness, okay. So he's talking about putting on some, some armament. Put on that belt, put on that breastplate, okay, because it's, it's needful, okay. Why? Well, because the enemy's, one of the enemy's mental uh, tactics, okay, one of his devices is condemnation, is guilt, is shame, okay, inferiority, trying to get you somehow uh, to uh, think less of yourself than you should, somehow look at yourself as always the problem, whatever, okay, and then trying to get you to back up or to not press forward because you're 
too busy, uh, you know, looking at yourself in a negative light, okay? That's a huge tactic of the enemy. The enemy's been kind of pulling this game uh, since the garden, okay? So you take it back to Adam and Eve, and you see the fall in chapter 3 of Genesis, and, and uh, you see where the enemy kind of manipulates and maneuvers, and he, you know, he kind of talks them into uh, you know, to crossing that line, doing something they, they know they shouldn't do. And so then once they do it, then he comes at them uh, with the fact that, you know, now everything, you know, they're seeing, they're exposed, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're now notice that they're, they're naked, they're without the glory, all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden now the condemnation, the guilt, the shame, here they are now hiding from God. Here they are trying to cover up in their own way, their own, uh, you know, taking fig leaves, trying to cover themselves up. All of it's symbolic of really what happens even today with people like you and me. Okay, uh, the enemy talks you into doing something, then you cross that line, then he, he brings it out in the light, and then he condemns you for it, and then you're trying to somehow fix it. And so what you have to understand, you've got to put on a breastplate of righteousness. It's so critical in these kind of things. All right? I always think, too, when I look at the armor, and I appreciate just kind of letting me just kind of talk here, but, um, you know, it starts with the belt, with getting real, because to me, it, it touches everything. Okay, then he says, okay, now the next thing is this breastplate of righteousness. Well, to me, it's pretty, uh, pretty important that, that it's the next piece because once you start getting real, sometimes, you know, with that, you're going to kind of, you kind of find out, you know, get a little bit more honest with yourself about where you're at. And here now the enemy's going to try to condemn you or, or get you feeling guilty or whatever when all along, no, you put on that breastplate. Amen. Let God work with you in all these things. Don't let the enemy, uh, you know, begin to dictate and begin to control you uh, based on a flaw or a mistake or some kind of thing that's, uh, that you've been involved in or whatever. You have to understand that God's the one that takes care of all that. All right? Let God work with you in these things. Don't let the enemy be the one that riddles you with guilt and shame and condemnation. Okay, again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'm just showing you the importance of what the breastplate of righteousness is really about. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, the word shame, I just thought I'd look at this. I kind of took some time and uh, looked up a few of these words, but I just think in this, the word shame, okay, just in itself. Okay, uh, shame means a sense of failure, uh, a sense of failure in the eyes of another. It means to be feel unaccepted to feel humiliated or embarrassed. You, you, you see, some of, sometimes when these things are going on, understand that's the enemy trying to put shame on you, the enemy trying to condemn you, trying to somehow make you feel uh, you're, you're, you're guilty, okay? And, and, and there's, no, there's no hope, there's no way out kind of a thing. All of a sudden, now you're feeling like uh, you're a failure uh, in the eyes of God and in the eyes of those around you, or even in, the, in your own eyes, you, you sense you're a failure, okay? Unaccepted, embarrassed, humiliated. Just, all of it is is just different ways that the enemy is trying to get you to quit, to get you to back up. To, you know, you think about um, going into battle in the area of prayer, and you're there to get, some, get a job done. You're there to, to not only to get, uh, you know, to supplicate and get, uh, you know, the prayer of faith, get some things done and handled, but you're pushing back darkness. You're pushing back darkness uh, in, in the life of your family, the lives of those around you, uh, people in your church, uh, people at your workplace, you know, whatever is friends, extended family. All, we can go on and on and on to people that maybe you're praying for. And what you're doing is you're, you're, you're trying to push back darkness in the lives of all these individuals. 
And what the enemy tries to do is shut you down, get you to feel like you're unaccepted. You're, uh, you know, get you humiliated, get you uh, somehow riddled with this thought that you're, you have no value, you have no place, you have uh, uh, no, no power because of a past mistake or whatever. The point is, we're trying to shut you down because you, with the authority and dominion that you have in God, can always push him back. All right, But if he shuts you down to the point that you're too busy looking at you and your inability, then what happens is you're no longer doing what you call, or you're called to do, what you should be doing. And that's pushing him back. All right? Now remember, we all, called, we all have a fight. We have a race to run. We have a cross to bear, a fight to fight. We can go on and on. We all have that. And we're never going to be excluded from that. We're all called to do that. So if you just lay down and don't do it, there's a lot of stuff not going to get done. There's a lot of places where the enemy is just going to continue to dictate and dominate. And so he, all he's trying to do through a head trip, and in this particular thing, we see it's more about uh, the humiliation and embarrassment and the condemnation and guilt and shame. That's what he tries to bring, uh, hoping to get you to shut down and just feel like you got no, no power, all right, when all along you do. That's why God said, put on the whole armor. Put on the breastplate. Okay, okay, you feel that way right now, but get your breastplate on. You know, understand you're in right standing with God. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy control you. Don't let the enemy dictate to you. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I've, I, I've, I've messed up. Well, well, join the club. I mean, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm not trying to ignore it. I'm not trying to excuse it. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to somehow, you know, justify this thing. I'm just saying, listen, listen, put on the breastplate. The quickest way to get free from a mistake or sin or error, the, the quickest way is to put on the breastplate. You put that on, not only do you keep the devil back, amen, he, and he won't be able to you know, play those games with you anymore, but you also, as, as you'll find as you study out righteousness, one of the things that happens is you begin to walk free from sin. You, sin doesn't have control over you anymore. Sin won't have dominion over you anymore because you begin to find out who you are as the righteousness of God. Now, again, I'm kind of getting way ahead of myself. So what I want to do today, uh, as I said earlier, I can't go into all this, but I can give at least some nuggets here today to kind of give you clarity about why the breastplate is so important, all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to Romans, okay? We're going to spend a little time in Romans. Uh, we'll go to Romans 1 is where we'll start, okay? Romans 1, please. Oh, hallelujah. I actually enjoy... Uh, talking about righteousness, um, it's actually one of my, um, probably one of my more favorite subjects to get on, and a lot of it is because of, of how it came alive to me uh, years ago. Um, I was, you know, early on when I just came into the things of God, um, I was a, I actually uh, uh, was a forklift driver, and I, I loaded semis for a living, that's what I did, so load product, unloaded uh, product, and loaded product, that kind of a thing. And uh, uh, maybe just a little simple story, but it, it just, it just, it, it's just how it impacted me. And I began to hear some things about, about the fact of what Jesus did for me and the price that he paid for me and how because of what he did, uh, it, it, it's what allowed me now to, be, to be, become the righteousness of God, uh, come in a place of right standing with him because it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with Jesus. 
and, and all of a sudden, one day I was on that forklift, and I was going in, in, in the, um, uh, the, the, the row to pick up some product. And I went into a, a row, and the guy that went into that, the best way I can say it, the guy that went into that row and the guy that backed out of that row were two different people. And the reason I say that, I already knew Christ, I already accepted the Lord, but I came into a realization that I'm the righteousness of God. That I don't have to try to earn anything with God anymore. I don't have to try to somehow get him to accept me. I'm already as accepted as I'm ever going to be. I'm already as loved as I'm ever going to be. I'm already uh, you know, a part of that family as I'll ever be, praise God. I don't have to try to get God uh, to, to love me more. And I realize and recognize that I'm already the righteousness of God. And it set me free. It literally set me free. And all the other little issues that I was having in my life and in my walk began to start straightening out because I saw myself different. The guy that went in that row, hallelujah, was different than the guy that backed out of that row. Amen. Because I came out of that place knowing I'm in a place of right standing with Almighty God right now the way I am. Praise God. And it set me free. So I'm hoping uh, this kind of thing can help you too. Today, Romans 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. That's, uh, right? You shouldn't be. You, I'm not ashamed of, of the, the good news. Praise God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. In other words, no matter who it is, whoever believes on him, the word says, uh, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. Amen. But this, this, this gospel message, he says, I don't have to be ashamed of it. Amen. It's there. Amen. For me to have. It's there for anybody to have. If anybody will just hear it, receive it, and walk in it, praise God. Guess what? Amen. Uh, they walk in a place of salvation. This word here, salvation. Soteria is the Greek word there. Wholeness and preservation and uh, healing and, I mean, just all the way across the line. Not just the born-again experience, but everything beyond that, praise God. Just by hearing the good news. And it says, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. It means for everybody. Uh, verse 17, for in it, in other words, in that gospel message, in the gospel, amen, the righteousness of God, amen, is revealed. In other words, the cover's pulled back where you can see it. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. In other words, it's a progressive thing where you come into an understanding of it. The more you look at it, the more you hear it, the more you uh, read it, praise God, the more it becomes exposed to where you can see it and receive it, praise God. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's how we live, praise God. I want to bring something to, you, to your attention, though. The verse 17 says, the righteousness of God. Understand that it's the righteousness of God. Not your own righteousness. It's the righteousness of God. Now, keep in mind, we're talking about the armament. Remember, it's the armor of God. Okay? He's, he's giving you His armor. He says here, I'm giving you a breastplate of righteousness. Now put it on. Put my righteousness on you. Cover yourself. Cover your vitals, right? Come on. Cover, cover yourself with my righteousness. In other words, what I've done for you, praise God. See, you're in a place now of rightness, right standing, praise God, because of what he's done for you, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's move on here. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 21. I'm just going to kind of work through this. I want to, like I said, I kind of want to hang out with all these places, but we're just going to kind of keep moving here. 
Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God, there it is again, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, uh, we can even go in, uh, in the Old Covenant by the word and, and the prophets have, have talked about the day that was coming, amen, which is what we're in now, praise God. This righteousness of God, amen, he's talking about. Even the righteousness of God, verse 22, through faith, in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. The righteousness of God through faith and through believing it, come on, through trusting in it, amen, through believing in it, in Christ Jesus. In other words, because you've received Christ, it's yours. Now get this, it's to all and on all. I love that. It's to all, it's for everybody, and it's on all, amen, who'll believe it, or receive it, praise God, right? On all who receive it, or believe, pardon me. All right, but it's talking about believing it and receiving it, praise the Lord. We're going to see here in a minute. Uh, for there is no difference. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. This is for everybody that will receive it. This, this can be on anybody that will receive it. Amen. So that, Now, see this in the light of the breastplate. So he's saying this is to all. So it's like he's taking the breastplate saying, here it is. Now put it on. It's to all and... If you'll grab it and put it on, it's on all, amen, who'll believe, praise God. Just trust it, amen. You can't be moved by your feelings. You can't be moved by how it looks in the natural. Uh, you can't be moved by, uh, you know, the, the past or something that happened yesterday or yesteryear. You, he's saying, I'm offering you this, put this on. But, 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 but put this on. Put on the whole arm. Put this piece on. Don't leave it laying because you, you feel like you're not worthy of it. Don't let the devil uh, dictate to you through these thoughts, through that manipulative thought pattern of, of, of shame and guilt and condemnation. Amen. Put on. He says it's to all and on all who believe, and there's no difference, praise God. No distinction. It's for anybody and everybody that will grab it, praise God. Man, I tell you, that's, when you start thinking about that, it says here, uh, for, for there is no difference. In other words, it doesn't matter how nasty your past was. It doesn't matter whether you grew up, uh, you know, in the house of God or you didn't grow up in the house. Doesn't matter your color. Doesn't matter your race. Doesn't matter uh, your, your financial status. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, how long you've been saved. It doesn't, are you hearing me? It doesn't, nothing matters, praise. He said, listen, there's no difference. This is to all and on all who believe it, praise God. Then he says this, okay, verse 23. Now, I want you to understand that even though we're reading it verse by verse, there is no, this is not the start of a sentence, and this is not the end of a sentence. It's right in the middle of a sentence. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, this is not starting anything or ending. He's saying, listen, he said, this is all for you, regardless of, of the mistakes you made. Because everybody's made mistakes. Everybody somehow or another has come up short in their natural, their own ability, their own power, their own walk. He said everybody has somewhere along the line come up short. That's why we all need what he's offering. Amen. Made no difference. All right. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But verse 24, being justified, that same word, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, based on what Christ has done. 
We're not asking anybody to try to somehow earn this because of uh, you doing enough good, okay? You have to understand righteousness really isn't about, about doing as, as much as it's about being, okay? Because he's done all the doing for you to be the righteousness of God. All you really did is just accept it. You just receive it. You just believe it. Amen. And that's really about all you can even remotely take credit for. See, everything is what he did. And then when you receive what he's done, now you begin to be the righteousness of God. All right? That's why he says, put it on. Praise God. All right. Uh, Verse 25. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, which is really talking about a mercy seat, um, uh, uh, reconciled, maybe another word there. I guess I'm trying to find the right word there. Uh, But it says, by his blood. In other words, based on what he's done. Through faith. Now, we're still believing in it. To demonstrate, here we go, his righteousness, because in his forbearance or long suffering, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Again, get this, isn't this powerful? I love this. To demonstrate at the present time, here we go again, his righteousness. He's stressing that his part, right? This is the righteousness of God. It's his righteousness, his righteousness, all right? That he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. In other words, if you put your faith in Christ, put your faith also in in the fact that what he's done for you, amen. Understand the price has been paid for you, amen. Receive it today, child of God. Okay, now chapter five, let's do this. Chapter five, please. All right. Uh, verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense, 517 of, of Romans, for if by one man's offense, and this really is talking about Adam here, okay, this is early on in the garden here, Adam, if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, or because of what he did, much more those who receive, here we go, receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And what he's talking about is, again, about receiving this. Now, of course, he talks about the abundance of grace, which is another, another whole other sermon right there. Amen? And I would love to go into all that, but just for sake of time, I'm trying to make my point about, about this gift of righteousness. He's showing here it's a gift. In fact, he clarifies it, amen, that it's a free gift, all right? A free gift to those who believe it, right? And he says you'll reign in life. One translation, you'll reign as a king. And the reason that they, they say it that way is the word reign means to rule in dominion, okay, to reign in life, amen, to obtain royal power, to exercise, I love this, to exercise kingly influence and control. It's literally the basis or the foundation of power, all right? When he says that you're going to reign in life, amen, by receiving the abundance of grace and of that gift or that free gift of righteousness, it says literally you can reign in life. And why is that? Well, it gives you not only the foundation of power, but the strength to govern, confidence to win, stability. It helps you hold sway. I mean, we can go on and on and on of what righteousness helps with, praise God. In other words, it keeps the devil backing up, and it keeps you moving forward, praise God. That's why put on the breastplate of righteousness. He goes on, verse uh, 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, again, talking about Adam, Judgment came to all men. In other words, what Adam did affected all mankind. All right? Now listen, he's just saying it again, resulting in a thing called condemnation. In other words, it opens the door to that mess. Condemnation, guilt, shame, inferiority. Okay, seeing yourself as less than. Okay, just all that fits into there. Okay? But it goes on here. 
even so, I'm in verse 18 again, even so through one man's righteous act, now he's talking about what Jesus did, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. In other words, you've been made the righteousness of God. In other words, you're made righteous or right, amen, having right standing because of what Jesus did. Now, again, they're trying again, trying to hammer on this, saying, listen, what Adam did affected all mankind. Now, most people ain't going to have any problem, uh, you know, believing that and accepting that. But then we'll go around and we'll say, well, then what Jesus did also affected all mankind. Now, we might, you know, mentally assent to it and say, okay. But then they say, but you've been made the righteousness of God based on what Jesus Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Don't get too hasty here. I still have problems. I still have issues. I'm still, you know, always slipping and falling and, and you, know, uh, you know, coming up short and all that kind of stuff. I still, you know, keep sinning. I keep messing up. I keep blowing it. And what happens is, uh, wait a minute. Stop. Stop. Now, what, do you believe that what Adam did affected you? Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Look at it. That's right. Well, you have to also accept the fact that what Jesus did also affected you. So you not only got to receive the fact that what Adam did, you know, obviously touched all mankind. You have to understand that what Jesus did also affected or touched all mankind. And one of those things, one of those key things that happened was you were made the righteousness of God. In fact, the next verse now, in verse uh, 19, he says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, talking about Adam again, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Amen. Will be made righteous. Amen. In fact, a uh, reference you could write down, 2 Corinthians uh, 5, uh, and I believe it's verse 21. He says that he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Amen. See, he did what he did so we could be made in a place of right standing with God. In other words, what he did made a way so that you always have access to the Father. That's why you got to keep that breastplate on. If you don't, what happens is, you begin to look at your flaws, your sin, and pretty soon here comes the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, and you're no longer taking ground. You're no longer pushing back the enemy. You're no longer getting things done like you should. Instead, now we're being kicked in the shins and knocked down, and, and now we're eating dirt because the enemy's you know, knocked us over again and again and trampling over us. I mean, that is no way for a child of God to live. And even though you've made mistakes and you've slipped and you've, you've done things that maybe you wish you wouldn't have done or you said things you wish you wouldn't have said, I mean, you've got to put on that breastplate, amen. Let God be the one uh, that empowers you uh, to do and to, uh, to fulfill and to, to fix and to all the things that you need to keep moving forward. Let God be the one to do that. But if you don't put that breastplate on, I am telling you the enemy will have a heyday with you. All right, and constantly get you to feel less than. Listen, nobody can make you feel less than without your permission. Now get that, child of God, and understand you are not your history, and you are not your past, and you are not your mistake. That is not who you are. Now you maybe have some mistakes in the past and maybe have a few flaws uh, here or there, a few shortcomings here or there, but you put that breastplate on, don't you let the enemy dictate and control you through those kind of, uh, you know, manipulative thoughts of, of guilt and condemnation. Don't you dare let him do that to you. You put on that breastplate and say, shut up, devil, and back that sucker right out the door where he belongs. Get him out, praise God, or whatever it is you're praying about, amen. Get that enemy gone. 
Understand there is a fight. Amen, there is. But if you're, if you're going to uh, keep yourself exposed to the enemy, I am telling you, you ain't going to be in the fight very long. In fact, you're probably going to get knocked down pretty quick. So that's why he's talking this. Amen. Praise the God. In fact, uh, with some of that said, let's go to chapter, um, chapter 8 here, I believe is what I got. I'm just going to do this and kind of take a little shift here, but just talk a little bit about this. Uh, verse 1, it says, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ uh, Jesus, who, those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, it's not just talking about, uh, you know, living carnal in the sense of uh, living worldly versus living, uh, you know, as a uh, you know, good Christian. It's not where he's, he's talking more about living by the Spirit, living by the unseen, uh, the principles of the unseen, not the principles of the world or the seen realm. Okay, and he's talking about here, there's no condemnation to you. You're not, you already accepted Christ, so you shouldn't be opening the door to condemnation. So don't let the enemy bring you into a natural realm where you're looking at your own abilities or your inabilities, probably more, uh, more apt to say, uh, and looking at you naturally and w- living according to that. No, he says, you have to put that aside. You can't live by that. Live according to the Spirit. Take the principles of the Spirit. And walk according to that. And if you'll do that, praise God, condemnation has no place. So you're not, you're not called to condemnation. I don't care what mistakes have been made. And again, I've had people get mad about that kind of stuff, thinking we're somehow giving everybody a license to sin, and we're not. I'm telling you, the quickest way to get free from your sin is to put on that breastplate. The quickest way to get free from the condemnation, the guilt, and all that mess behind you, and all the mistakes and the flaws, the best way to do it is put on that breastplate. Start walking as who you are and get that devil backed out the door, praise God. Amen. So you could begin to receive who you are and walk in who you are and be uh, the, the, you know, the righteousness of God based on what he's already done for you, praise God. The quicker you grab that, the quicker and the freer you get all the time, praise God. I'm telling you, this is how this thing works, praise the Lord. In that same chapter, chapter 8, hallelujah, a little later he says this in verse 31. 831, he says, for then shall we say to thee, or what shall we say to these things? And those he's asking the question, if God is for us, who could be against us? Now he's asking the question, could we say that? Well, I'd say yes. Now, you know, that's, that's kind of a common text right there. And he's just saying, listen, if God's for us, who could be against us? And, and you know, a lot of Christians say, yeah, amen. But believe that, receive that. So then he goes on, look at this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, for everybody, right? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, hang on. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? See, you're the elect of God because of what Christ did. If God's for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't matter what the devil's trying to say. See, he says, if, who's going to bring a charge? Who's bringing the condemnation again? Who's trying to get you riddled with shame and guilt? Who's bringing a charge against you? How dare he is what he's saying. Look at this. He said, it is God who justifies. The devil isn't the one that determines whether you're righteous or not. It isn't your neighbor that determines whether you're righteous or not. Are you hearing me? It isn't how you feel that determines whether you're righteous or not. It's God who justifies. Jesus paid a price for you. And all he's asking is, listen, God's on your side. God's with you. Now let him be God. Amen. Let him, praise God, empower you to walk free from all that mess. Don't let the enemy or other people or even your own feelings be the thing that dictates uh, guilt and shame and condemnation. 
Walk free from that mess. He goes on, verse 34, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. In other words, he's still interceding for you and me, praise God. Oh, I love that verse. Hallelujah. But the bottom line is trying to bring out, don't let yourself come under condemnation. No matter what's gone on. Then he goes on to talk about, you know, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And you're more than a conqueror because of what he's done. And no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, amen, that you're free indeed because of what Jesus has done for you. Now, one last uh, reference I want to show you before I let you go. In chapter 10 of Romans, in verse 3, I hope you hear this. It says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Now, this is, of course, talking about the children of Israel. Okay, they struggled with some of this because it was always about the law, always about their own doing, always about rules and regulations, always about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, their own strength, their own power, doing everything. And see, it's different now. It's a whole new ballgame. Okay, Christ has paid a price for us. There's some of this you just receive, just receive it. Okay, and he says this, for they, they, were, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. And Paul was talking about, they, they struggled with this. People struggle with this. People still struggle with this. They shouldn't. So I wanted to close with this statement, okay, and let it be known, okay? you got to submit yourself to this. This is part of what he's offered you. This is part of your redemptive package, all right, is this thing called the breastplate of righteousness. And he's saying, put on the breastplate. Submit to that. Yield to that. Don't try to fight with that. Don't argue with that. Don't somehow try to justify that. And again, don't you walk away from here saying, Pastor Jerry said it's okay to sin and, and live dirty and live unclean. No, that is not at all. I'm telling you, if you put on this breastplate, praise God, as part of your redemption package, you'll be amazed at how free you can get in God. You'll be amazed at how free you can be from all that mess of condemnation, guilt, and shame that the enemy will never be able to play that on you again, praise God. He's got no right to you. It's God who justifies. Christ is the one that paid a price for you. Hallelujah. And all he's asking for you is to submit to that and to put on that breastplate of righteousness. It, it is so necessary when, it's, when you're going to battle. Understand that is so key. Amen. If you're going to get things done, if you're going to push back darkness, if you're going to get results, if you're going to win this thing, praise God, if you're going to run this race, I mean, we can go on and on and on. That righteousness, put on the breastplate of righteousness is so key, amen, to uh, your existence, so key to your success, praise God. Oh, hallelujah, child of God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory. Thank you again for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Thank you again, Lord, that they uh, also are people putting on the whole armor of God. And for that, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.